our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hey, all you dog-loving peeps out there. Hope everyone's doing super well on this Monday. Anyway, we're recording this on Monday. Whenever you listen to this, I hope you're having a good day. I love Mondays because they are like the beginning of the week, starting fresh. Uh, I get so much stuff done on Mondays, and it's a very motivating day for me. So anyway, hope you're doing well no matter how or when you hear this. Today we have an online session dealing with what a lot of people actually deal with. This is a incident uh, where, you know, it's kind of like the boyfriend and girlfriend thing moving in together with two separate dogs and they're having some issues where dogs are the two dogs are actually going after each other causing fights um, bad enough to where they're getting stitches and you know it's not good uh, so we go through the process of how it happens why it happens how to control it exercises to do to be successful and so on and so forth so I hope you guys like this podcast and if you haven't yet do me a solid please favor asking you for a solid. And if you do it, you automatically get entered to win some free No Bad Dog merch. So it's kind of a win-win. All you guys have to do is, if you haven't yet, leave a review on the podcast page below. Uh, however you're listening to this podcast on any platform, just leave a review and then tag me with a screenshot of this podcast and tag me on Instagram story uh, at Tom Davis and you're automatically get entered to win some free No Bad Dog merch. We are doing this on every single platform that I'm engaging on right now, which is podcasting, Instagramming, and, of course, YouTubing. So we're giving away stuff on every single post, guys. And it's been great. We've given away so much stuff. Um, Taylor, my manager, has been working pretty much part-time just shipping out all the free stuff to you guys. So anyway, I appreciate you guys. Um, and I, I hope you guys enjoy the content. And again, if you haven't yet, don't forget to uh, subscribe to this podcast as well as uh, leave a review and then share it with me so I know that you've entered. So uh also, I want to thank my friends over at Dogture.com for providing me with the best e-collars that I use and talk about here on the podcast. And if you guys are thinking about getting an e-collar, or spe specifically a Dogture e-collar, I have a discount for you. All you guys have to do on the Dogture.com website is enter NBD10 at checkout to receive 10% off your entire order. So anyway, here we go with the podcast, guys. Hi. How are you doing? How are you? Good. How are I'm you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. We're about. It's uh, Courtney, right? Yes. Yes. Cool. Whereabouts in the uh, world do you live, Courtney? I am in Coatesville, PA. Um, so that is it's like 30 minutes outside of Westchester, like an hour outside of Philly. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So, uh, what do you got going on? Okay, so we have, um, so my boyfriend and I, um, we have a male pit um, bender. He's four. 
And then we have a um, male three-year-old bull terrier. Um, I had Samson, or I had Bender um, before we started dating, and Tyler had Samson. Um, and we moved in a little over two years ago. Um, and I would say within the first seven to eight months, they started, um, it kind of seemed like they, Bender was like the dominant one at first. And then Samson kind of was like testing him. Yeah. Um, so they've actually gotten into it to the point where they've needed stitches about four or five times, um, over the past two years. Okay. Um, it seems like it's progressively getting worse and it seems like it's getting more often. Um, the, the last incident was over a week ago. Um, my boyfriend was on like a motorized scooter and the dogs were chasing him. And it seems to be like, it's in an instance where they're both getting hype yeah. and then they like redirect their attention at each other. And, um, they just, Bender started running towards Samson and then they just, it went, goes from like zero to 100. Okay. Like they're just to the point where Tyler came over, scooped Bender up, um, and Bender let go as soon as Tyler had lifted him up away from Samson. Um, and then I watched Samson just lunge at, uh, at Bender and grab him and it took i had to choke samson out Mm -hmm. to to remove him from bender um we that was the worst incident um and it just has gotten to the point where we seriously don't know what to do um they're both e-collar trained they have their e-collars on all the time but when they're in an instance like that where they are um that you know, like going after each other, the e-collar doesn't do anything. I mean, we can turn it up the whole way and they're not, you know, they're not reacting in any sense. Um, so, you know, I haven't even felt comfortable enough. It happened last Sunday. So eight days ago, I haven't even felt comfortable enough to even let them interact at all. Um, I, they've been completely separate. They've seen each other through the gate. Um, like we keep like a gate up mm-hmm. to keep them separate. Um, they've seen each other through there. They've, you know, seem to interact fine, but I'm just at the point now where I, I, I can't even, um, I don't know what's tr- triggering it because it doesn't matter what the trigger is that makes them get to that level of excitement. They always redirect to each other. Um, so I'm just kind of at the point now, like one time it was, it used to like the first time it happened, it was, they were playing fetch. It was over ball. So we, um, you know, stopped having them play fetch over the same ball. Tyler and I would take them to a field. He would go on one end with Samson. I'll go on the other with Bender, um, to try to eliminate that. Um, but then, you know, then it ended up, they were just laying together the one night. Um, Samson was looking bender, something happened that they got into it. Um, so it's just, there's so many different variables. I feel like triggers that I just don't, I just, 
am at the point now where I don't even like feel comfortable them interacting at all. Right. Um, so, so what's your, what's your ultimate goal, uh, with both of them? What do you, what are you trying to do ultimately? So, I mean, ultimately I would like, you know, for them to be able to, you know, interact and, you know, live, like coexist together, Mm -hmm. um, to the point where they're not, you know, attacking each other like that. Um, I feel like at first, I mean, Sam Bender's always lived with at least one other dog. Um, he's never had an issue with other dogs like this. He's been very good at coexisting at warning. I mean, he's been around other dogs that he wasn't, um, wasn't a a big fan of, or didn't want to interact or play with them. And he's, you know, walked away, um, which, you know, so I don't understand why, you know, these two are, you know, having this issue and what to do about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would say, like, I agree with what you're saying about not being able to, like, trust them. Because if, if you don't if if you don't know the triggers and you don't know necessarily when it's going to happen or why it's going to happen. And sometimes there's not even right. any – sometimes there's not even any – warnings it just they just you know don't necessarily like get along with each other so the thing is is i think again i think people you know i'm big on this uh, about people like getting too involved with emotional concepts in the in the mix with the dogs so right conceptually like for a human it's like hey they're laying in the same room laying in the same ground walking past each other they're not going after each other therefore we think that they're fine they like each other and that's not necessarily the case animals are very like uh tolerant i think that they they understand that normally they you know normally they understand that they're not the big picture you know they're they're involved with the picture but they're not the picture they understand that they're like the pack if you will or they understand that they're just part of this and um they coexist so uh, with what you're dealing with it really comes down to a lot of just patience, um, control, management, obedience. It's not really that hard. It's just you have to change the way that you are living with the dogs currently in order for everybody to be successful. So I think the reason why I asked you about your goals is because some people have unrealistic goals for these types of situations. Because if you get two males that are, again, let's say – unpredictably kind of going after each other in a sense of we don't really know exactly what the trigger is and when it's going to happen. And because they're two strong dogs, I mean, they're not like two smaller dogs going after each other. Yeah. You know, they're big dogs that can do damage, severe damage to not only you guys breaking it up, but each other. And so obviously you guys both love your dogs. You guys both are together. And so you want to try to make the best of it for what it is. So for me, it's really about, taking your expectations and being like, okay, being, you know, I always try to like be appreciative and grateful and glasses half full type thing about almost everything. Cause I think if you lower your expectations on everything, you're just happier, you know, for the most part, you know what I mean? Like there's certain things that you're like, okay, I have, this is what I want to do. But like in these types of situations, not just like in life as far as, hey, I want to be the next X. That's different from your like personal goals versus like it, you know, we have this here and we have this over here. 
what is going to be like with this situation, what's the best outcome? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think for me, it would be just a lot of management to say, okay, like these guys aren't getting along necessarily. It sucks. I mean, to, to have two animals living under the same roof that you can't let just, you know, be out together. Be out together yeah. it, it's, it's, it's a pain. It's like, okay. Yeah. But, but at the same time, the good thing is, is it doesn't sound like they're causing each other a significant amount of stress by being under the same roof, if you will, which is nice. Because right. a lot of times when you get dogs who start kind of like having these little tiffs, um, they're really stressed because they feel that like animosity between each other. Right. Where in this case, it's kind of like, eh, whatever. And I think yeah. that there's something to say about that too. Behaviorally speaking, you know, from what you're telling me and what, what in my experience in the past, there is something to say with them like – what you don't want is you want you don't want two dogs to just all of a sudden just go at it all the time. Right. That's tough. Usually yeah. in that situation it's better and more humane to just rehome one of the dogs or something like that um because they're just constantly stressed. You know, they're they're under attack the whole time as they feel. Yeah. You know, they're at war with another animal yeah. in the house. And so anyway, so when you have that situation, it's a lot harder. So again, you know, me, I'm just like always glass half full type thing of like, could yeah. be, it could be a lot worse for sure. But it almost yeah. sounds like these two are kind of like, yeah, I don't really care about you. Yeah, I don't really care about you either. So they're not necessarily like buddies and friends. Um, right. But at the same time, they're not like, hey, if you punch me in the face, I don't care. They're going to like, so it's kind of like just two individuals that are coexisting that really don't care about each other. Um, and when you have like with the, with the bike thing, the scooter, <clears throat> when you have overstimulated little small funnels with lots of stimulation in little areas, you're going to get uh, arguments, fights, tiffs, you right. know, uh, things like that. Um, so I think the game plan right now is to figure out how, how we can minimize the reactivity as well as what you guys should be doing um, to like, manage the situation better not only with like training but like living situations so right. again i think having them not like it, i think just again realizing what's happening and just right. saying okay these guys aren't ever going to be to a point where you can leave them home they're alone never, they're never going to be besties right and yeah. they don't and they don't really care to be and i think that like again if you put your human emotion to say like my boyfriend who i care about a lot the dog doesn't get along with my dog. So I think it kind of, again, like kind of seeps into like your personal train of thought. Of, right. Wouldn't it be perfect if, you know, yeah. and yeah. as soon as you take that away, you'll become happier. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll be like, okay, yeah. this makes a little bit more sense. So try to do, try to do the best you can with that. Because again, like dogs are not politically correct. They don't care if it's Christmas morning or your birthday, they will right. act how they feel. They're not going right. to care about like, oh, you guys like each other and you're moving in. And I guess we'll behave for a yeah, moment. I guess yeah. like we'll make this work for you guys. So I didn't know. So my boyfriend, he's a trucker. So he's usually gone Monday through Friday. Hmm. Um, once in a while, he will come home um, like one night or two nights a week. But for the most part, he's gone for the majority of so the last time they got into it, they he they both were in the house with me all the time. 
like he didn't he would sometimes take them but not but at, it was in april it was two months ago um and i was in the house with both of them and we've you know made the decision to um have like samson go with him all the time um but like now since it happened again i don't know if that like separation of him being away is like helping the situation or not mm. like i don't know if you know him go like leaving all the time i thought and then, you know maybe it would you know help them because they weren't around each other as much but now since this just happened again like, two months later i'm like wondering like is that causing more stress for them or like i don't right i don't yeah, know the right move or not yeah i think i think it's a good it's definitely like a good like talking point for sure because i do yeah. i do think like in this situation like the more you kind of like muddy the water if you will yeah i think you're going to see more conflict so i think if if samson goes away for a week or a couple of days at a time or what have you and then you know benders like you know dogs will act accordingly so they will yeah. they will definitely like figure out you know, like how they feel, you know, when, when something's gone or when something's there. And then if you continue to like muddy the water with constant change, yeah, um, it could make things more stressful to where if you, cause if it's like, if he's home for two days or three days and then he's gone for five or whatever, yeah, then that's dogs don't like inconsistency, which is right. generally like why some dogs don't get along is cause like, Hey, you're not here all the time. And like, we don't have like the best opportunity to, because especially like if he's gone a lot and you don't see him a lot, like when you're to get, when you do have time with each other, it's going to be about, you know, you guys, you guys are going to be spending quality time with each other. So the dogs kind of like sense that sometimes. And I'm not saying like that you guys aren't exercising them or doing things with them. I'm just saying like, right. it's not top priority to say like, oh, hey, Ben, like the first thing you do when Tyler, get yeah. ba Tyler gets back is not like, oh, Samson's back. Yay. It's like, no, Tyler's back. Yay. Yeah. So again, so just like, I think, I think it's a good point. I think the more you muddy the water with um, change and, and those types of things, I think that you're going to find more uh, problematic tendencies or things okay. that, yeah. So yeah, I, I would say, um, but at the same time, you don't want to be left to home, home alone, not being able to like control the dogs either. So yeah. it's kind of like weighing out your options, and that's something that you're gonna have to decide to do. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I would agree. I would say that if you feel comfortable keeping them home together, um, I think it would again not muddy the water as much, and I think that that would be like a better idea to get them more normalized to your routine at home. Okay. Yeah. Ver yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, sometimes he's gone, like I said, it doesn't matter. Like, it sometimes he's gone for two days, three days, sometimes five. He's always going, like, different places. So he doesn't have, mm -hmm. like, a set schedule. So then I was thinking maybe that's causing stress on Samson, like, not knowing when he's, you know, coming back home or, you know, where he's going. Um, so then I I was unsure whether that was you know, making the situation worse. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think just ultimately it could be making it worse considering like what we're hearing. Um, but at the same time, yeah. like at the same time, I wouldn't want you to be like home alone and like an instant. So like, again, you have to make sure that you're understanding like the, you know, the, 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 
pros and cons for that situation. Yeah. Because, like, if you're home and then they get into a fight and you're not able to, like, break it up, it could make things worse. Yeah. You could get, you know, so you just have to, like, you know, that's that's an internal, yeah. like, probably continual con- uh, conversation. Okay. But, yeah, I would say the more you can minimize the the uh, the mixture of things and kind of, like, oh, you're here again, and then they have to go through the whole process of, like, you know, who, you know, I can just see, like, two kind of, like, really – tough i don't want to say tough but like pretty confident historically speaking pretty confident breeds like constantly evaluating and um, yeah challenging yeah. potentially each other and samson definitely is the stereotypical stubborn uh bull terrier and i don't think either one of us would have choose to have you know two males like that in the household so you know it just kind of was a you know situation we were kind of put in Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we did have, you know, them meet and play and interact on, on several occasions, um, beforehand before, you know, we decided to, to move in together. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's just like the, you know, after they've been living, they're like, okay, this dog's staying around and, you know, it's just pr- progressively gotten worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just both at the point now where we're, unsure of what to do um so that's where we're at now yeah, yeah i was even with the e-call the, i'm sorry no, no, um even with them being you know e-caller trained um and then you know having them on anytime they're together they have them on um but it's just when it gets in that instance there's it i feel like there's no no growling stiff you know stiff body behavior anything for me to alert me that you know something's gonna happen it just is instantaneous um so i have no way of you know knowing what what to you know expect with them which is what's made it made it hard yeah i i think i think yeah i think you're right by that but but what i would do is um so just in general, um, again with like two dogs who don't get along, uh, two dogs who don't get along. I think like you're there's there's a couple different ways you can go about it to say like, are we introducing new dogs to each other? How can we get them to like each other a little bit more? Um, are we talking about dogs who have lived together their whole life and all of a sudden they're not getting along? Um, you know, I, I think you guys are just dealing with okay now we're living together we knew each other before, um, and so. For, for you, again, like, I think it's going to come down to, like, a lot of management. Because, um, again, like, I, I, I don't necessarily think that they're going to care if one is outside doing something with somebody else. And then you kind of just – so you're going to have to do a lot of uh, rotations and management to make sure that the dogs are um, getting fulfilled, getting what they want. Um, and then you guys are making sure that uh, the dogs are being safe and things like that. So, again, like right. – couple different things that are going to definitely be a oh, let me see here let write this down so a couple different a couple different things that's definitely going to play a role in what you're dealing with with two dogs is again eliminating a lot of the stimulated times where they're together and they're becoming like so when people get home uh, when people come over Um, when there's, you know, food involved, uh, all these triggers that could potentially be triggers for dogs. So again, like going back to the obedience to be proactive, to say like, okay, we're about to, 
you know, like have people over and people are going to be coming in, they're going to be coming out, like whatever. You guys have to make sure that you can delegate and dictate, you know, those those things in your life to make sure that they're successful for, for your dogs. Um, so again, like if your obedience is good, having the ability to send your dog away to a place or having the ability to, to recall your dog off of certain situations. Because I don't, I, I don't want to say that you guys have to like have them separate forever because, it you know, if you look, if you also look at the ratio of how many times they've been successful together, right, versus the times they've had incidences, um, from my understanding, it's been they've lived together how long? Over two years. Two years, and they've had like less than five incidences. Is that? I would say about five. About five. So five yeah. incidences over like, you know, two years. Eight, eight, um, eight, yeah. Not like you know. We don't want any, but I mean, it's not like, so my point is, is I think that if you guys have good obedience and you're able to like help the dogs, cause I don't think, again, I don't think they're going to try to like go after each other every minute they get. And I don't think they're out to get, get each other. Um, and you have to be careful on how much you do separate them cause you don't want to build more tension. Um, so you gotta be careful with that. And then of course, like just being able to play management and zookeeper a little bit to say like, Okay, so if, if Tyler gets home, Samson's outside, runs to see Tyler, he's getting excited. Bender's also like, oh, yeah, I'm excited too. So for an example, you being able to say, okay, that's going to be like a, a, a sticky situation for them probably because right. there's all that like excitement and energy and like you don't want anything right. to happen. So again, like having the recall on Bender to say, hey, Bender, come, get him to you, put him in a sit-stay, and then you know just going over and just using your – just using your delegation through body pressure and obedience, uh, vocalization, all that stuff to make sure that you're avoiding those situations. And, and so in this case, avoidance would be a good situation because you know that putting them together in these high stimulated uh, situations is going to be um, okay. a flare up, a potential flare up. Okay. <clears throat> so okay. your goal is, is to try to minimize and limit okay the amount of opportunities for the dogs to have incidences because you don't know when it's exactly going to happen, but you do know like, okay, they're going to get excited here um, and whatever. So kind of just separating the two and playing, you know, you get two, basically two stepbrothers, if you will, that are kind of like, you know, the movie stepbrothers, they're kind of like fighting all the time. And um, yeah. so you just have to make sure that you are delegating through again, obedience, and understanding be I think I think the big word here that I'm looking for is just being conscious of what's happening what's going okay. on around you who's coming over what bone is in the yard what toy is in the yard what uh bowl is on the ground like just being conscious yeah. to know like these guys have the ability to have an argument and yeah. you want to decrease the opportunities for that to happen so okay. I think like looking at it overall, hey, Tom, we have two dogs. They've lived with each other for two years. Um, they've had five, let's say for an example, five different cases where they've kind of gone after each other. Um, you know, they, they have done some damage, but not anything like life threatening. What, where would we be at? We don't want to get rid of them. or obviously don't want to break up, you know. Um, so just going through the cycles of like, okay, well, here's, here's your plan. Like, here's what you guys are going to do. They're, if they're going to live with each other and you guys plan on being with each other, you know, um, obviously moving forward, 
you have to make sure that you're like being fair to everybody and you guys aren't stressing yourself out. I think that's what one thing a lot of people do in these situations is they 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 become fulfilled or they become sorry, they become filled with stress. Right. And they become like overwhelmed and overtaken with Yeah. Man, this is going to be like, you know, it's really you don't have to make it stressful as long as you put a plan together. Right. And I think one thing too was with me not like feeling comfortable after this last time with like, you know, them being around each other. I know I'm stressed and they like, you know, feed off of that. So I'm like, you know, at the point now where I'm like worried because I feel like if they're, you know, they're going to be together, I'm going to be on edge. So I think like this time, um, just kind of keeping them separate. Um, they, we've had, you know, been, taking time, I'd say like an hour, hour and a half of one out playing with them, walking with um, that dog um, and switching um, and doing the opposite, um, trying to, you know, keep it as less stressful with, you know, like a bully stick or a mm-hmm. Kong or something, you know, when the other one's away um, so that they're not, then I'm, you know, cause they, they both are used to being with us all the time. Um, so, um, yeah, like they would, we would take them everywhere together. Um, they were constantly out with us all the time. Um, so I've been trying to like minimalize them, um, being stressed out about being yeah. like upstairs yeah, and by I- themselves, which is something they're not used to. Um, so I think that was another level of concern for me mm-hmm. is the fact that, um, you Change. know, yeah. can't. Yeah, changing yep. again. Um, so, yeah, I just, I would like them to be able to, like you said, coexist. Um, so I definitely, yeah, like you said, with people coming in the door or anything, you know, they, they do need to be separated. Um, yeah, and I think, also, you know I think also, too, like not necessarily separated, but just like for no, I'm just thinking in my head, like if their obedience was, okay, you're having people over, they pull into the driveway and you say, okay, Samson, go to your place, Bender, go to your place, sit, stay. And it's something you've been practicing for months. It's not like an easy thing to do. You, you know, right. You know, but having like, you know, I can do it with my dogs. Um, a lot of my clients can do it after we've gone through the training program. So right. Just teaching them more things like that. So that way, when oh. people come in, you just tell them like, hey, the dogs are in their own places. Just ignore them until, you know, we get outside or whatever. Um, right. And just management. And, and I think it's it's tough love where like if you're like, OK, Samson, break. So ideally, like Samson, break. Right. The dog breaks off and then Bender stay. Bender's like, oh, man, it's like I get it, dude. Like it's, it's not fair right now. But, you know you're going to have to stay there until Samson like, and then, and then you send Samson away and you literally like compartmentalize both dogs to really good obedience. Yeah, your life will be a lot less stressful rather than okay. I'm just envisioning like somebody coming in, both dogs getting super excited. You're grabbing one by the collar. You're grabbing the other one by the collar. You're kind of pulling them back. You're saying hello to the person coming in. The dogs are getting stressed because you're getting stressed. You're getting nervous. There's a lot of stimulation and then boom, that's like the recipe for that. So, so again, like if you don't, you know, like if it happened tonight and you don't have that obedience, no training is better than bad training. So yeah, like right. Samson, you're in your crate, Bender and you're in your crate, whatever, separate rooms, because when somebody comes in, they're going to get excited. And 
yeah. um, you know, those are the types of sacrifices you're going to have to start making to, you know, make it that make that successful. But it's something that you can do. You just have to do it. Right. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people will continue to let this go until there's a really, really bad fight. And then you're like, oh, man. Yeah. Su- you know, super. Yeah. We're at the point now where, you know, change is definitely it needs to happen. Um, and them, you know, and us making sacrifices is definitely 100% better than, you know, them going at each other. Yeah. Um, and this just, you know, continuing or getting worse. So, um, we're definitely at the point now where we, you know, know that changes and sacrifices need to be made. Um, we just kind of need to figure out in what direction, um, to go with it. So, yeah. So I would say, so I think overall, again, like going back to the control factor is doing less physical control where you're like grabbing one, you know, putting one in the other room because it just creates that like tension. It's almost like, you know, holding the guy back that's upset. It like creates that, you know, you don't want to do that. You want to make sure that you're like, hey, Samson, go to your place. And then boom, he goes there. Hey, Bender, go to your place. Boom. Good place. Stay. Somebody comes in and they both perk up. They go, hey, somebody's here. You go, yeah, but stay right and they're like oh we've practiced this many times um you know we've done this many times or whatever like you know you've done it you've worked on it whatever it may be um so anyway so just making sure that like you're conscious of how much work you're doing with obedience um what you're doing as far as obedience goes as well as how control you have because i think a lot of people also do that often is they're like okay we're having problems with x so let's try to um, work on it with like the hardest, the hardest distraction we can, which is, you know, other people coming home or you guys coming right. home or whatever. Um, so again, I think your management is going to come a, a lot, a lot down to making sure that your obedience is good to control the situations, which is going to take weeks. You guys are gonna have to practice that, you know, as much as you can. Um, the other thing is, is also creating a routine where you can walk them. Cause I think that I, I personally feel like Again, having the obedience is going to help, but uh, being able to control them um, on a same walk, I think, should be a pretty easy task for you. Because, again, I don't see them, like, just randomly. I think that there's going to be high levels of stimulation. Uh, right. Like, re- almost like redirective energy where, you know, going, yeah. going after the electrical scooter, they're both sprinting, running, they're building frustration. There's the prey drive kicking in, all that and stuff. They- and then, boom, they redirect on each other because they get yep. too stimulated and that happens mm-hmm. often with a lot of dogs in, in many cases and so um again like if you have that very calm ability to say samson place bender place stay you go over you leash one up you walk off sit stay you leash the other one up sit stay boom you put them in a heel and you walk with them you're gonna diffuse a lot of the conflict between the two because they're so worried about you they're like, I don't want to make a yeah. mistake, you know? So having that, and that that's the other thing I wanted to, to get into is just your overall relationship with the dogs. Because yeah. that is going to be like 50% of what we're talking about. Where if you can look at them and both tell them to like leave it or you just yell and say no or something and they both like are like, oh crap, I don't want to get in trouble. That really say, says a lot about your relationship with the dogs. Right. I, I tell people often that it's the equivalence to having, I have siblings, I have a sister and a brother. And so, you know, you act differently around your parents because you're afraid of getting in trouble. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, if your brother, like, steals something from you, normally if they weren't around, you just, like, whack them and try to take it back <laughs> or chase them or tackle yeah. them or, you know, whatever. 
you know, something like that that we would do when we were younger. But if mom and dad are around, it's like, mm, you know, because you're kind of like you got away with it because you can't do anything about it because you'll get in trouble. Right. So having right. that little set of fear. See, a lot of people talk about oftentimes we'll talk about um, there's a lot. Of, and I talk about this sometimes, too, like in, in the different tools that we use. There's a lot of like marketing manipulation out there with with people putting into putting into like articles and like headlines of their their training programs of like fear free. And right. it, really, it really doesn't make any sense because when you do fear free anything and as a leader, um, yeah, that that doesn't really doesn't like, work yeah, well. it doesn't work very well with anything. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a teacher, you're a coach, um, you're a dog owner, you're a, you're a parent of human beings. Um, yeah. You're a manager, uh, whatever. I mean, if you don't you're have, <laughs> yes, you're, if you don't have that like ability to say like, I'm upset with you and they're like, oh crap. And, it, and I think what happens is, is people get manipulated about, um, the way that it's, so it's, so again, I call it marketing manipulation because yes. certain dog trainers like who are afraid, all positive right, 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 right. And, right. Yeah. and then as a dog owner, like even myself included, like if I'm flipping through something and it's like fear free, you know, dog training, you're like, oh, well, yeah, I don't, I don't want to scare my dog. I don't want my dog to, you know, so it's, right. it's, it's manipulated and twisted to yeah. that. And it's, it's unfortunate. And it's also like, just, just complete BS because again, like yeah. you need that, like, oop, I'm in trouble. Like if your dog runs away from you, you know, right. so say Samson's running after the electric bike again and Bender chasing, you're like, okay, this could be bad. And you see Bender come and Bender's like, yeah, psh, right. I'm out of here. Right. You, you need that ability to say like, Hey, listen to me, you know? So anyway, right. Side note. Uh, so just making sure that you have the training licks to, to go in and, and again, like really, so training them separately to make sure heel means heel, sit means sit, place means place, stay means stay, being able to reinforce all of those things to make sure that they know that they're going to get a consequence for non-compliance. So then that way, if like the high stimulating thing comes into place, then there's a currency battle between the two, you know, right. like, oh, dad just walked in. Um, getting correction from you is not as valuable or, or they would rather take, you know, the currency of the dad, you know, Tyler coming in um, right. versus like, okay, I'll, I'll get punished. It's like the same thing when dogs run through invisible fences. They're yeah. like, okay, I'll get this punishment for, you know, the next 30 seconds, but man, that squirrel. squirrel. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, you got to have that stopping force of yeah. no means no sit means sit, yeah. whatever. Samson has really, um, you know, come a long way with his listening skills and obedience, um, I think, since we started um, using the e-caller. Mm -hmm. But if that, if he, I mean, we don't even have to have it turned on. If it's not on his neck, I mean, he is still like, he's doesn't care what we say, which is, you know, I feel like an issue that we have because if he doesn't have it on, he still feels as though he doesn't mm-hmm. need to listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a, he's our our stubborn boy. Bender wants to please, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, but again, if we're in a situation where, you know, like you said a squirrel, someone walking in the door, um his excitement goes way up and, you know, it's he's not going to listen to me in a sense, but even with no distractions, nothing, um, without a call or an e-caller on Samson is just, yeah, 
doesn't like to listen. And so I think that's definitely an underlying, you know, issue that, that needs to be. Yeah. You got to practice. Yep. So again, like just like with anything in, in life, like anything, like if you want to get better at anything in life, you have to like say, okay, I want to get better at this particular thing. So I'm going to separate this thing and work at it and get better and better and better. Say, this is a little flawed and it could be anything. It could be to, you know, spending too much money or like lifting weights better. It doesn't matter. If you want to like get better at an individual thing, you say, okay, with this particular dog, I need to work on this to make the overall, you know, case better. And, um, that's what I would be focusing on is making sure that you're like, okay, if Samson needs help on recall, leave it, sit, stay, whatever, pull him, pull him aside every single day, five to 10 times a day and work on that individually. Just do 10 minute sessions to say, Samson needs help on his break. He needs help. He needs help on his, his heel, whatever, again, like whatever it is. And then individualize that different thing like you said and i think that that's what happens is people just like they look at training as an overall thing like one big thing and then when Mm -hmm. one thing kind of isn't like exactly how you want it it's like they just wipe it they're like okay the training sucks it's like no no no, it's just this one thing like just one little thing so just compartmentalize and capture exactly like okay if samson had this better or if bender had this better then we would be more successful. And I think like, again, here's the other thing, the important thing that some people don't do, which is where you would fail and get frustrated, is working on that thing together, like with the other dog, which is hard. That's like, that's like the last level. That's the last step. Yeah. All right, Samson, you want to work on this? I'm going to pull you away and work on this every single day until you get really great at it. And then I'm going to put Bender into the situation, which is realistic and reality. And then, then you move to phase two, step two of like, okay, now doing the things we just worked on and introducing it into and integrating it into reality. Okay. So just individual, like, that's what I mean. Like really make baby steps. Yes. yes. Start from, yep. It's, it's very, very dogs. Like, I mean, some dogs are better than others. Some dogs like, you know, their drive, their workability, their relationship, their, their genetics, their breed, yeah. They're entered all of that does play a role. One hundred percent. But yeah. it doesn't make or break, you know, you can't find that excuse of like, oh, because you have a bigger dog doesn't mean they can't be trained in obedience or whatever. Or smaller right. dogs are the worst. Same thing. People yeah. with small dogs, you know, this it's the same brain. Their brain yeah. is the same as a as a Rottweiler. It's the same thing. And that's why a lot of do- smaller dogs get a bad rap is because people don't generally train, train them. They're like they're right. small. Who cares if they bite? bark they're supposed to they're yip yappers and it's like they're yip yappers because people yeah people who get smaller dogs Uh, dogs are you know that's why we've created the the saying no bad dogs is to this exact reason because this is i said you know i've been saying this every day forever um and it's the type of people who get certain dogs that treat them a certain way you know right so it's actually it's not the owners right it's not that i've seen some really confident well-mannered sleep on the couch all day chihuahuas that don't care if people come and go and whatever and then i've seen others that are like if you if you literally leave within five five feet of me i will lose it and anybody yeah. that comes into the house i will you know that's all create yeah. created so anyway yeah you get the idea um so just making sure that you're i would just write it down just say okay what what is what is stopping samson from or even bender from being 
super successful in the exact you know situation that I wanted it to be. Uh, and I think, um, hold on one second, my phone's going to die. All right, guys, so I did get cut off. Uh, my phone actually died. And as we were wrapping up this episode, talking to this individual about her two dogs, kind of going after each other and some things, there's some other subjects that we covered uh, that obviously weren't recorded because my phone died and I needed to charge my phone. So some of the things that we also talked about was the separation potential conflict. So when you have two separate dogs and they're living in the same house and you're separating them, you really want to be careful how much conflict you're providing as you're separating them because you can build more frustration, more animosity between the two dogs, and you don't want to build that contrasting like, hey, you're over here and you're over here, therefore you guys aren't getting along. So you just want to, I told her, basically act like they're not separated but separate them. So just don't do anything different. Don't give one attention more than the other um, and just really not make a big deal out of something that needs to be doesn't need to be a big deal. Um, and the other really big thing, guys, that I didn't have an opportunity to record was I, I personally told her to walk these dogs every single day uh, or as much as she possibly could that she feels comfortable with to make sure um, that the dogs are still getting integrated in with each other. And as you guys know, every single case is different. And so in this case, the dogs really didn't like hate each other. They just had certain situations that arose that made them very angry or built frustration or uh, a lot of outletting on frustration and, and potential aggression on each other. But they ultimately have been living with each other for two years and really has had a handful of you know, situation. So, um, you know, my advice to anybody dealing with similar issues is to go out and get the guy, get the dogs integrated with each other still every day, creating that relationship and making sure that you're not decreasing the relationship, if you will, or making the relationship farther away. Now that they're segregated in the house, which is different for them, I would be doing a lot of exercise with them together as well as obedience together so long as you feel comfortable with the two dogs being that close with each other. And in this case, um, I think she felt comfortable. I felt comfortable judging by what I was hearing that they would go out and act act okay with each other. Um, and then again, uh, the last thing, which I talked about a little bit, but um, I'm going to say again, which is huge, is removing all and any conflict materials. So food, dishes, um, again, being careful on funnels, doorways, driveways, um, car doors, etc. Um, the more you know about the dogs and, and the conflicts that they have, the more successful you're, you can and will be by decreasing these potential conflicts. Um, so anyway, so that was the uh, last couple pinpoints there that I, I, I discussed with this dog owner, and that's pretty much the rest of the podcast. I hope you guys found this valuable. Uh, and, and again, guys, we're doing some free No Bad Dog stuff, uh, so if you haven't yet, screenshot this, share with me on Instagram as well as leave a review below, and you automatically get entered to win some free No Bad Dog swag. And uh, thank you to my friends over at dogtra.com. And I will talk to you guys later this week. Bye. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality. For your most precious gift, Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. 
Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.